or drawn like something. Um, and that being said, Tim, uh, please take it away. Thank you very much, Sean, for the introduction. So once again, my name is Tim Ho. I'm a field application scientist here at Kaijin Digital Insight. And today we're going to look at how to do antimicrobial resistance analysis and look at an example of incorporating antimicrobial resistance analysis through the multi-locus sequence typing uh, using Kaijin CLC Genomics Workbench. So before we begin, of course, starting with the legal disclaimer that the Kaijin products shown here are intended for molecular biology applications, and these products are not intended for the diagnosis, prevention, or treatment of a disease. So thank you to um, all of those of you who are participating uh, in the pre-meeting poll. It really helps give us feedback uh, to your experience with CLC Genomics Workbench the type of experiments that you're running, and your research background. We will be launching additional polls throughout the session today, so it'll be great if you can participate by filling out additional polls throughout today's training. It really helps us keep the training interactive. If you have any questions during the talk, please feel free to use the Q&A box. Uh, once again, on the call here, I have Sean and Kyle, my field application scientist colleagues, on the call. And I also have Leah, who works uh, as one of our account managers, uh, specializing in public health labs as well. So she can help you with any licensing questions, and Sean and Kyle can help you with any scientific questions you may have during this talk. And after this training is over, feel free to click on the link below, refill the information, and you'll be able to access today's recording um, on demand. And as always, we try to keep these trainings interactive. So from time to time, I'll be asking for the raised hand button to be pressed. So let's go ahead and get that button to press today. So if you could press the raised hand button just to make sure that it's working. Great, I see that many of you can find that button. Great, that's great. Thank you very much for those of you participating. It really helps uh, keep these trainings interactive and for me not to just be staring at my Zoom screen and my PowerPoint. So thank you for that. So today we'll be going over Kaijin CLC Genomics Workbench. From the pre-mini poll, I can see that the majority of you have no or negligible uh, prior experience with the software. We'll be looking at the antimicrobial resistance analysis, as well as a little bit of the multi-locus sequence typing and the databases associated with these tools. We will then be executing AMR analysis, and we'll be going over how to import data, download the needed databases, and run the three types of AMR analysis we can do in CLC Genomics Workbench. So, the three are uh, finding resistance with nucleotide database, using point fighter, and using shortbread. We will then be looking at how is AMR integrated into pipelines, and specifically today we'll be looking at the multi-locus sequence typing. So CLC Genomics Workbench is a powerful solution that works for everyone, no matter your bioinformatics background, or your molecular biology needs. So although today we are focused on antimicrobial resistance as well as multi-locus sequence typing, 
CLC genomics workbench is used by scientists like yourselves for molecular biology needs, such as BLAST, primer design cloning. For those of you who may be doing some transcriptomic study, uh, we have tools for RNA-seq, single-cell RNA-seq, as well as chip-seq and bisulfite sequencing. I'll be going over a little bit more details into the metagenomics and microbial typing tools, but also note that within CLC Genomics Workbench, we have tools for de novo genome assembly, as well as tools for variant calling as well. So as you can see, with one software, you can use all types of tools in order to analyze your next generation sequencing data. So focused specifically on the microbial genomics and the metagenomics tool, CLC Genomics Workbench has the ability to profile microbiome data either through 16S or whole shotgun metagenomic sequencing, where users can then perform taxonomic profiling, functional profiling, as well as some comparative analytics as well. For those of you interested in de novo assembly, CLC Genomics Workbench has pipelines and tools to not only assemble genomes and metagenomes from short reads, but there is an ability to do so with PacBio as well as nanopore long read uh, technology as well. For those of you who may be interested in de novo assembly, we will have a live uh, webinar on June 27th, and feel free to register for that if you're interested. And one of our colleagues, Kristen, will be going over how to use the software for de novo assembly. Today, we'll be going over how to do AMR, so antimicrobial resistance, as well as epidemiology and molecular phylogeny through uh, isolate typing. So as you can see with the CLC genomics, microbial genomics and module, you can use all of these different tools for microbiome analysis. For food safety, we've worked a lot with customers in the uh, food safety uh, sphere, as well as pathogen typing, AMR typing, and epidemiology analysis as well. We also like to highlight that the software that we're using today, CLC Genomics Workbench, has been used by scientists such as yourselves to produce and to be reported in publications. So just by searching the term antimicrobial resistance with CLC Genomics Workbench, you can see that there are about over 2,000 publications and findings through Google Scholar. And here I've just uh, highlighted some of these publications for you to take a look to see examples of the analysis and graphics that are generated. So let's go and focus on the different tools available within CLC Genomics Workbench for antimicrobial resistance. So there are typically three mechanisms of antimicrobial resistance. So the first one is the alteration of microbial, or sorry, bacterial proteins that are antimicrobial targets. And these may be due to mutations in these little genes that are targets by um, an antibiotic compound. So one of the tools that users use within CLC Genomics Workbench is to find the resistance using point finder. And the input is the next generation sequencing reads that customers generate from their sequencing libraries. 
The second mechanism is perhaps an enzymatic degradation of antimicrobial drugs. And this may be from an acquisition of resistance uh, determinants through horizontal gene transfer. So in this case, users may want to find resistance using a nucleotide database, where after assembly, assembly, assembly context for NGS reads, users can then use BLAST to search a nucleotide database to look for resistance acquired through horizontal gene transfer. And of course, there's also a change in membrane permeability to antibiotics. And this may also be determined by using a tool known as shortbread, where NGS reads are then converted into um, protein peptide markers to look to see whether there are peptide markers that may find, um, that may confer resistance to some of these changes to these different targets. So as you can see, within one software, users can run multiple different resistance tools in order to determine different classes and different mechanisms of antimicrobial resistance. So what are some of the outputs that we can generate from these tools? So in the first slide here, I have the output from the find resistance with nucleotide database tool. And this database tool may be used for resistance typing of pre-assembled, complete, or partially completed genomes of simple context sequences assembled using one of the de novo assembly algorithms within CLC Genomics Workbench. So this tool uses BLAST for the identification of acquired antimicrobial resistance genes within whole genome sequencing data. So the tool's aim is to quantify the occurrence of entire resistance conferring genes, whether they break down or expel antibiotic compounds. So the results here show two genes, which both relate to the category, so right here, of efflux pump complexes. And the results here also allows users to link to the gene ARO um, identification where users can find out what this particular gene is, what type of resistance it is, and additional information that may be useful to determine the antibiotic resistance phenotype. So this is the first type of results that users can generate from one of the AMR tools within CLC Genomics Workbench. The find resistance with point fighter tool finds known AMR conferring mutations in next generation sequencing reads. So these reads can either come from isolates or shotgun metagenome samples after binning. And the results are summarized in a concise and easily understandable report. So in contrast to the find resistance with nucleotide database tool that quantifies the occurrence of entire resistance conferring genes, the aim of this tool is to detect the presence of resistance conferring mutations in antibiotic targets in both susceptible and resistant strains. 
So in this tool, variance is inferred by running the read mapper. So what we do is we submit NGS reads. NGS reads are mapped against the database containing both wild type and known resistant mutants of antibiotic target genes. And then we produce a report giving a high level overview of the number of sequences in the database and the reference database that's used. So we have a report here showing the reference database, the reads that were used to generate our analysis, and the resistance that are found in our reads. So in this case, once again, what we find are resistance in genes that confer resistance to a class of drugs for fluoroquinolones. And once again, we also have additional links for the compound AORO, as well as PubMed IDs supporting these mutations for this class of resistance. So the third type of resistance tool that is available within CLC Genomics Workbench is the find resistance with shortbread. So in this case, what users can do is look for and detect and quantify the presence of antibiotic resistance marker genes by running Diamond, which is a high throughput alignment program that compares a file of DNA sequencing reads against a file of protein reference sequences with a database consisting of peptide marker sequences, which represent the genes of interest. So in this case, the shortbread report gives a brief overview of the input data and a summary of the antimicrobial resistance profiles and the genes that are found. So on the bottom here, what we can see is a short brief report of various different antimicrobial resistance. On the top right-hand corner here, we get a table of the resistance and the different classes. And then we also have a graphical interpretation of the percentages of the different markers that are found for the genes, as well as the class of resistance. So with all of these different ways of looking at resistance, so far, we have only looked at these tools in isolation. But as you can imagine, we can combine these different tools within CLC Genomics Workbench to detect resistance from different isolates and in order to combine these analysis with different tools. So for example, what we can do is we can combine antimicrobial resistance with another tool such as multi-locus sequence typing. So here are some publications using MLST within Kyogen's uh, CLC General Workbench and combining that with drug resistance detection as well. So what are some of the results that are produced from this particular study? So one result that is produced from this workflow is the typing among multiple species typing report, where we can see the different isolates and the different types of samples that we have 
for particular uh, ISA that we have analyzed. We can also look at different variants from our samples where we can see whether a variant causes a mutation with the amino acid and whether a particular amino acid and protein peptide may be involved in some kind of resistance in the genes. The resistance that are analyzed within the MLST workflow is all integrated into a results table so that users can then export this results table and share that result with different colleagues and with different scientists. And for MLST, some users may want to construct a Kamer tree in order to identify a common reference. So in this case, we have four different samples. And using this Kamer tree, we can identify the common reference in order to see whether there are any variants across these different samples so that we can generate a SNP tree to look at different variants across all our samples to see whether we can group them based on different epidemiological characteristics. So we talked about AMR and we've talked about MLST, but one question may arise is, how do we successfully analyze our samples for AMR? And the database that is used to analyze these samples is critical for determining antimicrobial resistance, right? Because if your database is not comprehensive enough, then the antimicrobial resistance may not be detected. So within CLC Genomics Workbench, users can download different databases in order to analyze their data. And one of which that I will introduce in the next slide is this Hygiene Microbial Insights Antimicrobial Resistance Database. So what is this database? So the Kaijin Microbial Insight Antimicrobial Resistance Database is composed and comprised of multiple different databases for both shortbread marker database, as well as the nucleotide databases. It is comprehensive because not only do we include one databases, one database, but we have combined four various databases for both shortbread as well as nucleotide. Our databases are non-redundant because our team of scientists have gone into these databases to remove any duplications so that when you analyze your data, you're not going to have multiple genes repeat one after another. Our team of scientists have also curated our database through uniform language and uniform vocabulary. So imagine running these different databases in isolation, and perhaps one database may have a gene symbol that uses Roman numerals, while another one may have used a number in order to identify a particular gene. Well, within QMI AR databases, we have a uniform curation so that all of these genes are standardized. And all of these databases that we have combined together all have the same information, whether that is a link to the gene AOR, ARO, 
or whether that is a link to the PubMed information. And lastly, using the QMI AR databases, these databases are updated. So if we see updates in the NCBI, RestFinder, CARD, or the Argonaut database, we combine and incorporate these data databases with updated information so that you don't have to worry about trying to search them out, trying to update these databases so that you can have the most up-to-date information about the various different antimicrobial resistance. So I've talked about the advantage, one of the advantages of using CLC Genomics Workbench for your antimicrobial resistance. What are some other advantages of using this software? So a lot of users appreciate the fact that this software is easy to use because it is driven by wizard-driven analysis to guide the users along through a graphical user interface. So just by a show of hands, how many of you in the audience are wet lab bench scientists who would love to be able to analyze your own data, but you simply do not have the time or the resources to learn command line tools? So I see many of you raising your hand. Um, don't worry, I started off as a wet lab bench scientist myself. And using CLC Genomics Workbench, you can process your NGS reads or your list of contexts and get that AMR results at the end without having to worry about learning a different computational language. Now, how many of you in the audience are bioinformaticians who would love to be able to up offload this type of analysis to your wet lab bench scientists so that you can empower them with the analytical tools and you can work on more difficult projects. So I see, I see many of you in the audience as bioinformaticians in the audience. And wouldn't it be great to be able to teach and empower your scientists to analyze their data so that you can spend your time worrying about incorporating and integrating different data and, and using bioinformatic tools that are even more complex, right? So CLC Genomics Workbench allows you to do that. It allows the wet lab bench scientists to process their own data. It empowers bioinformaticians to help their scientists to analyze their data and to incorporate even more complex pipelines into the software. And of course, the software produces publication-ready graphics as well as results table. And we also have extensive tutorials and bioinformatics help as well. And our software runs um, on Mac, Windows, Linux. So you can run this software using any type of systems you may have. And I see from the pre-meeting poll that many of you in the audience are in government or in healthcare, public health, bio, uh, government, hospitals, academic labs. One of the nice features about CLC Genomics Workbench is the ability to produce an automatic log report. So imagine you as the scientist generating reports for different samples and somebody comes to you and asks, what are the parameters you've used? What are the databases you've used? Every single result that's generated within CLC Genomics Workbench, you can access the log report to see the time, the user that 
ran that analysis and all of the different parameters that were used to generate that result. And you can also see all of the database that's used and the sample that's used to analyze that data. So how many of you in the audience using the raise hand button find this feature to be useful for their research and for their administration? Absolutely. So imagine I see a lot of raised hands here and it's kind of funny because uh, one of the customers I work with, you know, they asked me, is it possible to just print this out and stick it in the lab notebook? And the, the answer is absolutely. You know, you don't have to remember these parameters. You don't have to write it down by hand. Simply export this and you have that for your record. So the last thing I want to mention is that with CLC Genomics Workbench, the algorithms are designed to be run on a local computer. However, I see in the pre-meeting poll that many of you have hundreds of samples, and perhaps you need a faster turnaround time in order to process all of these samples. We do have two additional enterprise solutions. The first one is to run the CLC Genomics Workbench on your own high-performing computing, high-performance computing hardware. The second method is to run it on the AWS uh, web service, the cloud uh, module. So regardless whether you choose to run it locally on your genomic server or using the genomics cloud module, there are different options for you to process your samples in order to decrease the turnaround time as well. So with that, I've talked a little bit, uh, a little bit about CLC Genomics Workbench, gave an introduction to some of the AMR tools. Let's go into the software to see how we can generate some of these results. So for those of you who have downloaded the slides, Feel free to access the tutorial data that I'm going to be using today by using the link here below. And in this tutorial, there are three different, essentially, files that we're going to run, right? Because we have three different resistance tools that we have. So the first one is this ERR20933332. It's just a downsampled 10% for um, isolates of salmonella, and we're going to use find resistance with point finder for this particular file. And remember, because the nucleotide database requires context, we've also provided a second input file that is a list of context from this particular uh, sample. We also have provided a third sample coming out of this publication, looking at wastewater treatment plant. And again, this is downsampled to 10%. And we're gonna use this sample for find resistance with shortbread tool. So feel free to download the tutorial, unzip the files and have that ready to go. I'm gonna jump into the software for those of you who are uh, watching to see how to download the microbial genomics module. So I'm just going to exit on my slideshow, open up CLC Genomics Workbench. For those of you who is using the software for the first time, there are plugins that you may want to install for your software. 
So this would be located on the top right-hand corner of the screen. So if we click on this and go to the Download Plugins button, this is where you can download and install different plugins. So the plugin that you are interested in for today is going to be called the CLC Microbial Genomics Module. And as you can see, since I've already downloaded it and installed it, it's in my Manage Plugins button. But once again, this is your first time using the software, feel free to go to the Download Plugins button, find the CLC Genomics Microbial Genomics Module, and click on that Download and Install button. You will have to agree to terms and conditions, and then you'll be able to install the genomics module. For those of you who are working on using a Windows computer, make sure that you right-click on your CLC Genomics Workbench and run it as an administrator. This allows you to install these different plugins. For the Mac users in the audience, you don't have to worry about this. But again, for the Windows users, make sure you run this as an administrator in order to install the plugin. And many of your customers that, that we have to work with in government or hospital settings, you may require your IT to help you install the plugins. So with that, I think uh, it's a great time to take a short break to see whether there are any questions that I can answer live. All right. Hey, Tim, thanks for the presentation so far. So one thing I did uh, open up to was a poll uh, just so that we can get a sense of uh, speed for the presentation. A couple questions came in. Uh, one of them, you know, I'm sure you'll probably address as you go through more of like the workflow itself, but probably good to address. Uh, most people are familiar with MLST being more of like a traditional like amplicon based traditional seven gene type of approach for identification or you know typing if you will um mm -hmm. are there other ways that we are there other uh, do we support other than the traditional sort of seven gene uh, MLST? yeah so in the when i go into the mlst section um users can download either the core genome mlst or the whole genome M mlst schemes so these would be coming from the pub mlst database so users can either download the traditional uh, seven gene PCR based. Uh, users can download the core genome MLST or they can download the, the whole genome MLST. So all three of them are available for users to use. Perfect. Um, I guess the only one um, that would also have come up. Um, you know, they were talking about you brought up point finder as a method for looking for resistance. Um, now, if they're, you know, that database obviously is curated uh, SNPs. Um, and so if if there isn't a variant found in that database, would one still have that information, I guess, would be a way of framing it? Yeah. So if your database doesn't have that resistance or that mutation, then it's it's not going to be detected. Right. So one way that users can either include their own is to import their own nucleotide database. So that is one way that I've seen users do. They may have a custom list of genes that they know confer resistance from a colleague. They import that list into CLC Genomics Orphanage and use that list to run with 
in conjunction with the fine resistance with nucleotide database. Another way is to use the BLAST tool alone. So if you look at the CLC genomics workbench, there is an ability to run NCBI BLAST. So I'm just going to simply search BLAST. So you can actually use your own list of genes and use BLAST to search for that resistance. And there's also a way to do it with Diamond as well within the software. So you're not locked in to the databases that we provide. If you have nucleotide information, feel free to import that in. And there are various different ways that you to integrate those novel mutations that are not found in current databases into your analysis. Yeah, and uh, just to comment on that as well, because I could, I saw it as like, you know, can I call variants, right, as well. So it'd be, mm. you know, one of those, like, you know, even if it's not in that database, you know, you would have those means of being able to call sort of variants yes. in the workbench as well. So again, it was sort of like a, a, an angle of how you looked at that question. So I think we both had a, a slightly different take on it. Um, but that being said, Tim, it looks like everyone's currently happy with the pace uh, that you're going. And that's about all the questions that we have at this point in time. But as uh, we get going, hopefully uh, people will have additional questions. Great. Well, thank you very much, Sean. Uh, thank you, Kyle, Leah, Dev, for helping out and answering questions from the attendees. And thank you, the attendees, for participating in the speed poll, in the raise hand, as well as asking great questions in the Q&A box. So let's go ahead and continue. So once we have installed our plugin, so plugin, we have downloaded our plugin, we have restart and uh, restarted the program. The next thing that we need to do is we need to import our data. So for those of you who are following along today, let's go ahead and look at the top left-hand corner where there is this import button. So Feel free to select the import button. And as you can see, this is where we can import various different types of reads, whether that's from Illumina, whether that's from long reads such as Oxford Nanopore or PacBio, simply choose the correct one to import your reads. So many of you may have FASTQ files from Illumina. So feel free to click on Illumina. In my case, my first screen is going to pop up because I have both the Workbench as well as the Genomics Cloud. But I'm going to select on Workbench because I'm going to import my files into my Workbench. Selecting Next. And this is where I can add my files or add my folders. I'm simply going to add my files, navigate to my folder of interest, and import my FASTQ files. So for the tutorial, don't worry, sit tight. I'll show you how to import the CLC files next. But if you have FASTQ files, feel free to select your FASTQ files, click on Open, and make sure that the Paired Reads checkbox is checked. And of course, if you have single end reads, feel free to uncheck that box. After that, let's go ahead and click on Next. We're going to save. Feel free to create a subfolder for each batch unit. This helps uh, keep us organized. And if you like a log to keep track of the import process, feel free to check that as well. So I'm going to check on that box, click on Next. 
And for today, I'm just going to quickly create a new folder, live demo. Let me make sure I capitalize my L, a little bit OCD here. Click on OK. Select that folder, and then I can click on Finish. So once again, I created a new folder within my folder for today, clicked on that folder, and then click on Finish. And if we go to our Processes folder, we can see the progress of the import. Now, for those of you today who have downloaded the tutorial data, feel free to use the Import button again. But rather than importing reads, we're going to do a standard import. Once again, add your files. And in this case, you can import your CLC files in. And then select the automatic import allows you to save the uh, file into CLC. So one question that we get is, is Local files, the only way that we can access our sequencing files? The answer is no. So if we go to our Illumina, if you notice this little box here, there are actually additional ways of importing your FASTQ files. So rather than file system, perhaps you have your FASTQ files saved in the AWS cloud. If you do, feel free to select the AWS option to import your reads from the AWS cloud. Many users that I've worked with have their reads from BaseSpace. Feel free to access your BaseSpace account in order to import your FASTQ files into CLC for analysis. So you can either choose the file system, AWS, or BaseSpace. So after we've imported our reads, then we're ready to do our analysis. And as you can see, my CLC reads is already done because it's down sample to 10%. And we can see from this folder that it's simply just a list of our reads. So the next thing that we need to do is to download our drug resistance databases. So let's go ahead and go to the toolbox. And if we scroll down to the tools, you can see that underneath the microbial genomics module, we have both the drug resistance analysis, which we will be using shortly. And we also have the databases for both MLST typing that we will be using in the latter half of the presentation, and underneath the drug resistance analysis, the download resistance database. So for those of you who are following along, feel free to double click on this tool. And this is where you can download the various different databases. So once again, for those of you who came in a little late, we recommend downloading the Kyogen Microbial Insights Antimicrobial Resistance Database simply because of the fact that this database is going to be the most comprehensive, non-redundant, all of the vocabularies are uniformly curated, and it's also going to be updated. 
but feel free to download either Card or Argonaut or the viral uh, violence uh, factor database for your particular needs. Now, if you're new to the analysis, all of these different acronyms may look a little um, intimidating, right? So don't worry. Simply click on this help button here on the bottom left-hand side here, and that's going to access the information about the various different databases. And we also provide the links to the various data, different databases so that you can learn more about these different databases to help you decide which one to use and which ones to perhaps disregard. So for today, let's go ahead and download the QMIAR, nucleotide shortbread point finder for the point mutation, and then we'll leave the ARIES database alone. Clicking on next, you'll have to agree to the terms of use for both the uh, shortbread as well as the nucleotide database. After that, simply click on save. And again, you can create a log for this process and feel free to download it to a different folder of interest. Now, since I've already downloaded uh, the database, I'm simply gonna click on cancel, but feel free to click on finish for you um, for your database download. Now, it may take some time, depending on whether you have a firewall in your IT system. So uh, give it a couple of minutes in, in case uh, your internet is blocked by a VPN or a firewall. So after we've downloaded our databases, and let me go ahead and show you the three different databases, we're going to have a nucleotide database, a peptide marker database for the shortbread, and for point fighters, they're going to be specific for a particular species. And because our demo data comes from a salmonella isolate, we're going to use the point finder database for salmonella. But of course, if you want to run your analysis with all types of different point finder databases, feel free to do so. You don't have to be limited to just one. So after that, what we can do is let's go ahead and find the resistance with the nucleotide database, point finder, and shortbread. So the first tool that we're going to use is we're going to use the find resistance with nucleotide database, where we're, our input is going to be a list of contexts. So the database is going to be any database of gene nucleotide sequences. So these are going to be genes that are known to be resistance conferring. So for this, what we can do is we can go to the find resistance with nucleotide database tool. And this is how easy it is to set up your analysis. Double click, again, making sure that we choose our workbench. But if you have an Amazon cloud, feel free to send the analysis up into the cloud. Click on next. We're going to select our nucleotide sequence so remember for this, we are going to go and use the context, right? Because we need context. So with the context, we're gonna move that over to our right-hand side, click on next. Here, we're gonna select the nucleotide database 
So this would be the one that's downloading. So again, this is the QMI AR nucleotide database. Click on OK. Set these parameters to default. And if you don't remember what the defaults are, simply click on this reset button on the bottom left-hand corner. So that resets all of the settings to default. And let me go ahead and select my QMI AR. Click on Next. We're going to save the results, create a log, click on Next, and then feel free to create a new folder, nucleotide DB, click on OK, and click on Finish. How simple is that? So if you can use the raise him button to just let me know if you find this particular process to be simple and straightforward, that would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, definitely. I definitely find this to be a lot more easier to use than trying to learn command line tools. And you can see how this can empower users to set up their own resistance analysis. So just simply based on time, I'm just going to simply expand on an analysis that I've done in the past. Open up the results table. And with the nucleotide database, what we get is a list of the genes that is, has been detected. So in this case, we have the MTK, um, MDTK gene, as well as the SDIA gene. And there is the predicted phenotype column that we get right here. We also get information regarding the percent identity, because remember, this is going to be based off of BLAST search and the size of the search length. So how, how, how long these different contexts are in, in the match. If we look at the link here, this will link out to a web page that gives you more information about the particular gene. So in this case, I press the top one where we can find out about this particular gene, what this gene does, how it confers resistance, and additional information from the uh, EMBL EBI. So this information is quite useful if you find a particular resistance that you're uh, unsure of so that you can learn more about that particular gene and that particular resistance as well. So let me go ahead and jump back into my slides. So we went through the different flows of how to set up your analysis for the finding uh, resistance with nucleotide database. And remember for this particular tool, you'll need a list of contexts. But don't worry, within CLC Genome Export Bench, we have different tools that you can use to assemble contexts, whether it is the novel assembly uh, of the metagenome, and then you can bend these different contexts based off the taxonomy. We have the novel assembly for long reads, we also have de novo assembly of short reads as well. So this may be useful if you have some kind of isolates. So after you've assembled a list of contexts, feel free to set up your nucleotide database, save that, and you'll get a list of contexts with different gene hits. Access the link to the gene AR to find out more about the particular gene of interest that you have detected. 
So we have gone over one way of detecting antimicrobial resistance. The second way is to use the find resistance with point finder. So here, what we have for input is a list of raw reads where we can look for species-specific variant databases with SNPs, indels, and other variants as well. So in this particular tool, what we're going to do is we're going to map the reads to these different variants and these different resistance genes to see whether we can detect any. So let me just close this. So the second tool is going to be the point finder. So just like the nucleotide database, simply access the tool by double-clicking on the tool using the workbench. But again, if you have multiple samples, feel free to use the cloud. In the point finder, what we're going to do is we're going to use the Google um, data set. Let me just make sure that is the right one. It should be because these are both uh, NGS reads. So yeah. Oh, no, sorry. So let's use the uh, the CLEM um, raw reads in this case. So we're going to use the 10% from the salmonella isolates. Click on next. We're going to select our reference database. So this would be coming from your point finder database for salmonella. But of course, with point finders, you do have additional databases for other species as well. Simply click on OK. This is going to be for mapping, right? Because remember, we're going to map these reads to the reference database to see whether we can detect any mutations that may align to the resistant genes. So once again, if you're new to bioinformatics, simply click on this Help button. We'll access that Help menu for you to learn about the tool and to learn about the different parameters that you may face in order to set up your analysis. So this is a great way for you to learn bioinformatics and to set up your analysis as well. Once again, if you start playing around with these parameters and you're unsure which values are default and not, simply click on this reset button to reset all of your analysis parameters. Click on next. We can create a report, table, and a list of annotated reads. We can save the results and create a log as well. Click on next. Feel free to create a folder. And then let me just go ahead and create a folder for um, point finder. Click on OK. And then we can simply select on that. Let me just go ahead and drag it up a little. There we go. And click on Finish. And remember, you can track all of your process through this Process button to see how long it's completed. And of course, since uh, the number of reads here um, is minimal, uh, it should run pretty uh, fast live. So here, what we see is we get a table of the resistance found using point finders. Again, we have information about the organism, the gene, 
the gene AOR, which links to that page. But what's more important is that for point finder, we also get mutation information. Where the mutation is, the mutational amino acid, the reference as well as the variant, what the compound is, again, uh, conferred for the resistance. And in addition to all this information, you also get the PubMed ID. So this is going to link out to a page where users can see evidence for the gene, for the resistance, for that particular compound, for the species of interest. So this is quite useful information, once again, for you to dive into when you find some gene that may be new to what you're looking at. We also get some parameters, including the number of hits, as well as the coverage information for the reads, because once again, we're aligning our reads and we're mapping them to the database. The second result that we get is a results table, and this allows us to look at the reference that we used, the read file, as well as kind of a high level resistance information from this. So a very quick snapshot of the results from Point Finder. We also get a list of the reads. So perhaps these reads, you may want to export them out to do some phylogenetic analysis or some kind of other downstream information or analysis that you would like to do. So remember I talked about the automatic log. If you click on the button that looks like a little report, this is where you can access that log information. So once again, we have information about the user, version, what tool, when it was run, and all the different parameters uh, used to generate the results. We'll also get the files that were used to generate the different results. So let me just jump back into our slideshow and just do a quick walkthrough of the second tool that we used today. So once again, using Point Finder, we simply need a list of reads. We selected our Point Finder database for a particular species. And then because this is a mapping tool, we're going to use and change some of these parameters if needed for the mapping. We then generate a report of resistance found in the pathogen, the drug class, and the number of reads. We have a table of resistance marker. We can access PubMed record information for that particular line of, um, of findings. And we also generate a new list of sequences with reads annotated that hit that resistance marker. So the third tool that we have is this find resistance with shortbread. So shortbread databases are pre-compiled protein markers provided by Kaigen. So in this tool, what we're going to do is we're going to convert the DNA or I guess RNA reads, nucleotide reads, to protein amino acids, align them against protein markers to see whether there are particular resistance found. So let's go ahead and 
go into our shortbread. And I think after seeing how to run the nucleotide database and the point finder tool, shortbread is just the same. Let's go ahead and double click on shortbread, making sure that the workbench radio button is selected. In this case, we're going to use that Guo 8L. So using that SRR file, hit next, select our peptide marker database, click on OK. We can go to next. Again, we can create a report, output the annotated uh, sequence list, save, and create a log. Clicking on next. This case, I'm just going to do a shortbread folder. Click on OK. And then click on finish. So I'm just going to close these different windows. Go to the processes tab. And this is taking a little bit longer, but that's OK. For the sake of time, I'm just going to access the pre-run analysis that I've done. So in this case, what we get once again is a table results of the antimicrobial resistance profile, what type of resistance it confers to. Again, we have the phenotype ARO. And then we also have the number of the markers and the number of reads associated and then the phenotype description as well. So this is the results coming from the table. We also get a very high level snapshot of the results where we see the number of reads, database, the number of markers, unique profiles, and the unique genes detected. So this unique profiles and unique genes, users can visualize this using the abundance table. So let me just open up this so that users can see that there is this particular abundance table that is generated. So every single peptide marker, its classification is going to be listed in this particular table. But what is really striking is the visualization of this result. So users can either visualize this using a bar graph or using a sunburst plot. So a bar graph, simply all of the different resistance is going to be listed here. But users can aggregate this based on phenotype as well. So whether that is using the different names for the different genes or using the phenotype, users can switch between the two. Users can also display this as a sunburst plot where the phenotype is going to be in the inner circle and the different genes are going to be in the outer circle. So if we take a look at this, the antibiotic target rep is composed mostly or 55% of peptide markers detected for SOL2 and 45% for SOL1. So as you can see from the left-hand side, excuse me, 
users can identify and quantify these various different fractions as well. So this is truly interactive to help you interpret your results using shortbread. So once again, starting from a list of reads, we can choose the shortbread tool, select our shortbread database, and then save our results to a location. What we get as results is a list of sequence with reads associated with the resistance marker, our abundance table reads for each class of AMR markers found. And remember, we can display this either as a table, bar graph, or a sunburst plot as well. We get a table of predicted resistance phenotypes detected and a report of the results. So now that we have produced our results, we have produced our graphics, how do we export these different displays and results? For graphics, simply choose the graphics button on top here, where users can then choose where to, uh, what to export and where to export as well. So in this case, if we want to export this, we can choose the format, name. Let's see, so there we go, there we go. And then click on finish. For a report or a table, users can select the export button to export either as a PDF. So let me just go ahead and type in PDF or as Excel. So here, type in Excel, we can use Excel here as well. So once again, let me go back to the slideshow to just summarize the export function on the top left-hand corner, as well as the export for the tables and PDFs. So the last thing I want to mention before we close this section of the presentation is that many of you may want to combine your AMR analysis either using viral hybrid capture technology or hybrid capture technology for your AMR reads. So on July 11, I'm going to be doing a webinar on how to detect your pathogens and your variants using hybrid, tech, hybrid capture technology and CLT genomics workbench. So how do we combine both the molecular biology side with our bioinformatics side to generate a bar graph, a sunburst plot, or some of these different additional results for hybrid capture samples. So with that, I'd like to uh, close this section and see if there are any questions that I can answer live. Uh, <clears throat> thanks, Tim. So yeah, uh, one question that uh, kind of came up was, you know, you are looking at reports for, you know, uh, an individual sample, but generally you're going to have several samples. Uh, are there ways of like combining reports or, you know, joining things together so you can, you know, make things a little easier to digest? Yeah, absolutely. So let me go ahead and jump back into um, CLC Genomics Workbench. So within a workbench, there is a tool called Combined Reports. So feel free to combine your reports so that you can combine all of them together from different samples so that you can export just one PDF. 
for abundance tables, so the abundance tables that we generate from shortbread, so the abundance table would be the sumburst plot, what users can do is merge abundance tables together so that all of the different bar graphs are combined into one. So this way you can visualize all of your different samples in one bar graph or in one uh, sunburst plot. So those are two possible ways of merging different samples and files together. Perfect. Um, and then uh, I guess the other one that was, you know, or that I'll, I'll add is, uh, you know, when you're exporting files, you know, can you, you know, kind of, sometimes there's a lot of information within those tables. And so during that export process, can you, you know, kind of control what is being exported? Yeah, so in the export, if you export as a PDF or an Excel, especially for uh, PDFs, you can actually select which columns you want to include or exclude during the export process. So that's another way to help you focus on the findings that you would like to report for downstream analysis. Perfect. I kind of forgot to launch that uh, poll before we started a couple of those questions. But uh, at this point in time, Tim, that's all the questions I see in here. Actually, you know, there's one more just, um, you know, with regards to the curated database, um, you know, when we talk about the, the with the, the R, R, what's it, R's or A-R-E-S database, yeah. um, wh where's that really coming from and, and sort of just a little more information about the couple of yeah. the resistance databases. So this is kind of a really cool database. So this is actually a curated database that comes from computationally predicted uh, AMR markers. And what this, because it's called integrated, because not only do you get nucleotide information, but you also get peptide markers as well as point mutations as well. So let me go ahead and go to my reference databases here. I've downloaded the ARIES marker database, Aries, you get either the nucleotide, you get the uh, protein marker, and you also get the um, point mutation as well. So what users can do is select based on species. So create a subset and use that as their database of choice for their AMR. So it's a really cool database. Uh, definitely play around with it. But uh, Note that it is computationally predicted, whereas the other databases are going to be experimentally determined. So, but doesn't hurt to combine both analysis together just to see the differences and similarities between these two and multiple different analytical tools. Um, yeah, and so Tim, that's that's all the questions I see at this point in time. Uh, I'll get you back to your regular scheduled program. <laughs> thank you very much, Sean. And thank you, everybody, for participating once again with the raise hand button, as well as with the uh, Q&A and the meeting polls as well. So for the last 30 minutes or 20 minutes or so, I just want to talk about how, the, how our workflows can be integrated with one another so that you can integrate your AMR analysis with your MLST. So for those of you who are following along with the tutorial, we do provide a tutorial data set here for MLST where we have a list of samples 
from Salmonella, Salmonella and uh, Enterica as well. So essentially what we're gonna do is we're gonna run the MLST to see whether we can type these isolates. So feel free to download the tutorial and feel free to extract the zip and then, um, and then have that file ready. So let's go ahead and import these reads. And just like how we imported our FASTQ files for our AMR reads, we're gonna do the same thing. So let me just close all of these AMR windows. What users can do once again is go to the import button. Sorry, there we go, import button. And we're gonna import Illumina reads here. Once again, what we can do is we can, let me go ahead and go back to the file system, add our files. In this case, I'm going to go to my MLSD tutorial and go to the raw reads. Now, the reason why you don't see any raw reads here is because these files are going to be CLC files coming out of the tutorial. But remember, if you have FASTQ files, you'll be able to select these FASTQ files and import them in. So for the tutorial files, simply go to the import, standard import, and this is where, let me just go ahead and remove this. This is where we can add files. Let me go to the MLST tutorial, raw reads, and this is how we can import those files of reads for MLST analysis. Also note that in this particular tutorial, there is a reference as well. So feel free to import that reference. And in the databases, there is a REST finder database. There's gonna be a pathogen database as well as a MLST schema for all of these different species. So because all of these are CLC format, feel free to import all of them at once if you have the tutorial data downloaded. And if you would like to work on this um, afterwards, feel free to access the on-demand video and rewatch this to see what all the different files are used for this type of analysis. So simply click on next. Let me just go ahead and save this in my live tutorial today. I'm just going to do MLST live demo, click on OK, and then click on Finish. So once again, we can keep the progress processes, the, we can keep the progress of the processes, and then we can just check to see all of the different files today. So with the MLST live demo, you can see the reads the reference, we have a REST finder database, we have our MLST schemes, and we also have our list of pathogen references that we're going to map to. So once we have imported that, the next thing that we are going to import for MLST is to import a metadata. So if you've downloaded the database, let me just go ahead and show the MLS or the MLST um, 
the MLST files, a metadata is simply just an Excel spreadsheet that has information about your reads. So here you can see that we have five different files. And then we also have information about perhaps the serial type, all of these different extra information. Perhaps this column may be important uh, for labeling some of our graphs downstream. So it's just simply an Excel spreadsheet that you may get from your epidemiologist or your clinician that you can integrate into the analysis. So in this case, we're going to go to the import button, import metadata, browse for that Excel spreadsheet. So let me just go ahead and browse for that Excel spreadsheet. That Excel spreadsheet is going to be imported into CLC. And then here we're going to select the files that we're going to associate with. So let's go ahead and select the five reads from the tutorial data. And make sure that the prefix is selected because this way CLC is going to match the file name in your Excel spreadsheet with the imported reads. And if your imported reads do not have the exact matching scheme, then it won't be associated. So make sure the prefix is selected. Simply click on next. We're going to save the metadata into the folder. Now, the last thing that we need to do is we need to create a metadata table, a results metadata table. So in the search bar for the toolbox, search for uh, results metadata table, or is it result? Let's see. So we need to create a result metadata table because this tells, tells the program that we are going to add all of the additional results into that particular table. So again, click on next. We're gonna move this Excel metadata table that we've imported in, and then we're gonna save this into our folder. Okay, so the same way that we've downloaded our different databases, I'm just going to show you all of the other databases that are available for MLST. So of course, the first one is going to be the MLST typing. So this allows users to download MLST scheme. So simply click on the plus button. And this is where you can either download the traditional MLST. So these traditional MLSTs would just have MLST or you can download the ones for the core genome. So these would be labeled CG, or if there are WG, so the whole genome, you can download those as well. So as you can see, we have a lot of MLSTs that um, users can download for their different species. So feel free to select them. Click on next. My recommendation is to set everything as default. And then here again, everything just as default and then save that MLST scheme. 
But for the tutorial, as you can see, we already have the Salmonella MLST as well as the Staphylococcus MLST for the two different species already downloaded. But if you're running your own MLST analysis, feel free to select the species and download the scheme. So the next, the next database that we have to download is to download the pathogen reference database. So this would be a list of sequences for all these different pathogens. So of course you can see that in our tutorial, we already have a Salmonella and Staphylococcus database, but feel free to select and download them individually. So download the Salmonella individually and download the Staphylococcus individually as well. So depending on the species, uh, feel free to select one of your choice. But of course, if you're working with a different pathogen, feel free to download for your pathogen of interest. So once again, clicking on next, save that, and that's going to save to your location of interest. Okay, so to, for the MLST, let's sum it up. What do we have? We have a list of reads. We have our metadata. We created our results metadata table. We then downloaded our antimicrobial resistance database. We downloaded our MLST scheme. And we also downloaded our list of pathogens references. So lots of things that we have imported and lots of things that we have downloaded. But now that everything is ready to go, let's go ahead and run a workflow for MLST. So what I want you to do is go to the template workflows, expand on the microbial workflows, and then underneath the typing and epidemiology, we're going to type among multiple species because we don't have we don't know what type of species our isolate contains. So if we double click on this, once again, using that simple workflow, we can see how this is easily set up. We select our sample reads, move that over. We select our results metadata table. We can use the metadata. So let's go ahead and select our metadata to configure our batching. So sometimes we may have resequenced samples in order to get enough sample depth. So perhaps we can use the metadata to combine samples together. But as you can see, every sample we're gonna run individually. All of the trimming qualities, if you're unfamiliar with these parameters, feel free to use the help button to learn about these parameters. But feel free to also use the default settings to help you out as well. In this first case, we're going to use the list of the, the pathogen database that we downloaded. So feel free to select the correct database that you have. Feel free to use the MLST scheme that you would like to identify your species. So once again, selecting the appropriate one for your typing. 
And here is where we can integrate that MLST workflow. So remember at the top, we're doing our MLST. But now we can integrate that our analysis for resistance by using a find resistance with nucleotide database. And this is where we can select our database of interest to look for that particular um, for that particular resistance here. We can then uh, adjust our parameters for our typing. This is for detecting variants. So again, if you're unfamiliar with these parameters, feel free to use the default settings for uh, variant detection. And then we can simply save the results, create a log, and uh, generate the results. So I'm just going to generate a folder here and allow that tool to run. Now, what I want you to do is to open up this workflow. So I double clicked on this workflow, opened up a copy of the workflow, and let's, let's follow along with this workflow just for a second here. So we start off with our reads. We're going to trim our reads. And then here is where our MLST is occurring, right? We're going to find the best match. We're going to do the MLST scheme, type it, and generate the variance at the end. But as you can see on the right-hand side, after our trimming reads, we're going to do a de novo assembly so that we can find our resistance with that nucleotide database. So again, this is one way of incorporating our AMR analysis into another workflow, into another type of analysis. And for the sake of time, because I, I think I'm going to go a couple minutes late, thank you to those of you uh, attending and need to drop off. Don't worry, feel free to access this recording on demand after the, the session has finished. So with the results, what we get is, again, a metadata results table where that resistance information is included with our typing results as well. So here we can see the best match from our list of pathogens. And we also get information about the description, the metrics as well, and all of the information for the different typings as well. So you can see from that one Excel spreadsheet, all of these additional data have been analyzed and added to this particular page. And for those of you who are running that MLST, looking for this sequence type, this is where you can also find it as well. As Sean has alluded to, all of these reports can be combined into one so that not only do you get the read summary, all of the NGS data, but if you like, you can also combine the typing with MLST scheme to get the information all into one report. And remember, if you would like to export this, feel free to go to the export button and export this as a PDF. We also generate results for variant tracks so users can look for variants that may be called and investigate how that particular variant is called for a particular sample as well. Now, for the sake of time, 
I'll just show users two more tools that users can run to help them analyze their samples. So the first one is the Kamer tree construction. So let's go ahead and look for the Kamer tree. So users under the microbial and genomics module, you can find the create Kamer tree underneath the type in epidemiology. So this is required because in order for us to look for common variants across all samples, we need to determine a common reference. So let's go ahead and select next. What we can do is we can move our reads over. So let's go ahead and find our reads. And then we can extend this reference uh, metadata report. And here, what we can do is we can actually include in the entire uh, reference data set here. So we're going to align our five reads to our subset of our salmonella reference to find the closest one. So we can save this, create a log, and then allow the result to be generated. So this allows us to determine, let's open up the Kamer tree, which reference would be the best one to be used for our alignment. And as you can see from this Kamer tree, this particular sample is the one that's closest to all of the samples here. So lastly, to create that SNP tree, what users can do is run, let me go ahead and close these different windows, is to compare amongst multiple, let's see, did I? What users can do is to compare variants across different samples. So in this tool, what users can do is we can select our, let's see if this is workbench. What we can do is we can select from our navigation area, our different reads. So these are gonna be sequencing reads that we have been trimmed. So let's go ahead and select the trimmed paired reads. For today, I'm just gonna do the first two. Select that reference that we've determined using that Kamer. So in this case, let's go ahead and find the reads for that Kamer. There we go. And then if required, we can select the coding sequence as well to in order to annotate whether there are particular um, particular coding sequence and proteins that may have changes to the amino acids. So that is a possibility here as well. So right there. Again, we're going to use the metadata to configure the batching. So let's go ahead and use the metadata to configure the batching. And then we can save the results. So with the SNP tree analysis, what users get is a SNP tree that we can label with that metadata that we have already uh, attached to it. So whether that's a serotype, whether that is the uh, outbreak, all of that information from epidemiology, from clinicians, can be labeled on top of the SNP tree. 
we can also generate a SNP matrix to see what are the variants that are different or similar across all of our samples. So feel free to browse through the PowerPoint where I have done a step-by-step -step, um, of how to set up your analysis, how to download the various different databases. Here I've talked about how to incorporate your resistance tool in the workflow for MLST scheme. And the results are generated from that workflow. At the end, we quickly talked about how to identify common reference using the Kamer tree construction in order to find a common reference that then we can map the reads to to compare across different variants as well. So remember, with the metadata information, you can overlay different information on top of your trees to determine whether there are any phenotypes that may be associated to cluster these samples together. So with that, thank you very much for attending today. Today, we went over the different tools within CLC Genomics Workbench that you can use to do your antimicrobial resistance. We then briefly talked about how multi-locus sequencing typing can be used in combination with AMR to analyze your different isolates. Feel free to access our microbial genomics module resources where you can get tutorials, solutions, video tutorials as well as white papers. And with that, thank you very much for attending. Uh, thank you very much, Sean, Kyle, Leah, and Dev for entry customer questions, and I'll be more than happy to answer any additional questions that you may have um, for to answer live. Thanks. Uh, we can keep the, the Q&A open just for a couple minutes, but I, I have a couple, I have a question for you, Tim. Uh, with that report that you had open, um, just quickly, you know, there was a couple boxes that were colored differently. Um, mm -hmm. Is there, was there any, not, uh, yeah, in the report. Yeah, let's see the combined reports. Uh, let's see this one. So, yeah. yeah, so so these colors are kind of noted so that users may look for whether there are any cautions that they may need to look into, right? So, for example, the trim summary here, in this case, this 99.57% looks like there are a lot of reads that are not getting trimmed, right? So, to, so for users, this may be something that they may need to look into to see exactly, is this something that is due to the file? Is the file okay? Can I proceed downstream to make sure that whatever I get analyzed is still appropriate for biological interpretation? So these different colors are just notes for you as the scientist, as the analyst to kind of flag and look into to make sure that downstream, you can trust the results that you get. Gotcha. And then of course, on the MLST side, you also have those ones that are inconclusive, right? So those are the big flashing ones that perhaps you want to reanalyze, perhaps you may need to change your parameters, perhaps you may just know that in this particular case, this sample may be highly um, heterogeneous. Gotcha. And actually, that was one of the questions that uh, came in from the customer was just looking at sort of the MLST report, if you will, um, or results. Uh, and so, you know, I guess that sort of pulls up the, you know, some of the information from that. And so when we, you know, can't cover a gene or something along those lines, uh, you'll get something like an inconclusive 
Uh, and that gets flagged red rather than orange or yellow. That's sort of uh, more of a, hey, one of these might be slightly different than the other. Um, I don't see any other additional questions come in. I will point out uh, one more time that I did provide the slides in the chat uh, several times. Uh, Kyle, is there any other questions that I had missed? Because I know some came in in the chat that I think you had grabbed, but I think I think we got everything. I believe we have everything. All right. Perfect. Well, I appreciate everyone going a few minutes over. And Tim, thank you today for your presentation. That was a very good job. Uh, thank you, Sean. And thank you, everybody, for attending. And please feel free to contact us if you have any questions or if you need additional training. Uh, we're more than happy to help. Uh, thank you for the feedback. <laughs>